Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. (laughs) Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. And it starts right now. Oh, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. Boy. And just. Just, we absolutely staggered to the starting line today. Oh, my oh Lord. <laughs> oh my what God. if I told you, listeners, that Goldie is by far the happiest member of this <laughs> podcast right now? Would that shock you? First joke of the day. First oh. joke of the day. Oh, and he the, stole it right out from under me. The clouds have parted. It is possible. Uh, well, yeah. So we, we, we had a little uh, debriefing session before the podcast today, and... Uh, Things are not as rosy as we'd like them to be, but we love doing this podcast. I think we all talked about that. This is our, sadly, this is our happy place. (laughs) Believe that. Sadly, our happy place. And another something that was making uh, Goldie and me very happy this week is um, if you've listened to this podcast, you know our friend Tom Gamble. Um, as quite a character. He does uh, the character of uh, Morty, the agent for us. Um, He's been on as a guest with his writing partner, Max Pross. He's a legendary Hollywood writer. His credits are, you know, SNL, Letterman, Simpsons, Seinfeld, dads. (laughs) But we, Goldie and I, were lucky enough to work with him on dads. And then even luckier to become friends with him. So now we are on a text chain with Tom Gamble, and he's sending uh, texts to to me, to Goldie, to Mike Scully, and to to Max Pross. And what he's doing is he's in New York City, <laughs> and he'd always had a like kind of a bit with us about New York City and like the way that people are like, oh, I need to recharge my battery and I can get a <laughs> cup of coffee at any time and a bagel at midnight. And so he, he already has this bit going in to New York City. So he sent us a picture of some, I don't even remember what started it all. It was a, a funny storefront and he made some joke about it. And so we made the mistake not even mistake we because you couldn't help but laugh 
at whatever the joke was he sent. So we laughed and people were kind of like, ha, ha, ha. Since that time, I'm not kidding, he has sent us no less than 100 texts from walking around (laughs) New York City, pictures of storefronts, pictures of monuments, buildings, cake, (laughs) Halloween decorations, all with jokes attached. And they've been hysterical, like... He's on this, he he does this very funny bit about, he, he says, Halloween is boring. So that's his way of pretending to be scared by Halloween while saying it's boring. So he sent us a picture of a cake that was like this yellow cake that had like teeth in the front of it. And he said, this cake is boring. So, you know, letting us know he thinks it's scary. Right. And then he kept... Coming back to the cake, he's like, well, at least I'm not still thinking about that cake. And then he'd send a picture of it. And then he would, right after that, he would send a picture of a giant church with the quote, Hail Mary, full of grace, hallowed be thy name. Like he's praying to not think about this cake. But the hilarious thing is, he also sends us these pictures of, you know how on your iPhone it stores how much you walk per day? Yes. It'll tell you your your steps and all that. Yeah, and the health stats. So he's walking like 17 miles a day, like around 30 to 40,000 steps going all over the city, sending us pictures of street signs, road signs, buildings, each with a joke attached. And Goldie, maybe you can talk a little bit about he's been on this kick about vanilla gorilla. Can you explain a little bit what that is? Sure, but but first, so the entire yeah. time you were talking, and I'm not exaggerating, I was <laughs> yes. scrolling backwards in my phone to get to the you, first you text. You haven't gotten there. So, I mean, this is hundreds of texts and pictures, and the first one is a picture of him at Broadway and 72nd Street with, back in New York City, recharging my batteries, finally I can get a bagel to him. So that's the first joke. The second is a picture of a sign that says, caution, breakfast sandwiches being consumed inside, and the text is, New York is boring <laughs> and then, he's scared of the sandwiches yeah. being and it's a picture inside. of lincoln square synagogue and the caption is four score and seven oy vase ago <laughs> so it, yes. it just goes on from there so i mean the vanilla gorilla was somewhere was i don't a know gorilla maybe in a 150 store. yeah 150 texts in i think it was a <laughs> A brand of coffee or a cafe, well, maybe? I, th- I think I think actually the first one was like in a costume or party store, and there was an actual sort of like gorilla suit or something in the window oh, with a party hat on. There's a coffee And so shop then he there. wrote like, you know, working on this new idea of vanilla gorilla, <laughs> you know, like, let me know what you think. And then so many subsequent pictures and texts were all like related to like how do we make this vanilla gorilla show work? Well, even though it was there was like vanilla gorilla is our entry into the world yes. he's our eyes and ears in this crazy world yes. which is just such a tv executive speak thing yes. and, and then you know i i suggested that the gorilla vanilla gorilla be called van gogh and maybe yes. he's an artist for yes. short you know and he's in the city <laughs> But one of the running threads also in this thread is he keeps taking pictures of trash. And the first one is he took a picture of just a bag of garbage and it says, Goldie's new script is here. And then it, and then there's, there's, you know, 
another one of a giant pile of garbage that says, Goldie's been up all night right? <laughs> he won't stop doing that. And it's, no. of course, there are endless bags of garbage in New York City. So that joke is just out there for free. But, but to me, on, on a serious note, one of the things that separates the real comedy writers from just the people who stumble into this job and yes kind of clock in is the compulsion to do it oh right regardless of whether there's an audience or not and this is a man who's congenitally funny (laughs) and clearly has a type of ocd where he cannot stop being funny it's so great and that was just one that stood out and i love that point and i want to elaborate on that a little bit but one that i'm remembering is he took a a picture of a sign that somehow memorialized that, like, someone had been killed on a bike. It says, I'm staring at it right now. <laughs> okay. it says, it's a heart with a bicycle in it. And it says, cyclist killed here, rest in peace. And so what did he write underneath? Like, <laughs> and then he wrote in quotes, look, ma, no hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so great. And then, because that was on the first day, and there were, like, 30 texts the first day. And Mike Scully, as I said, was on this chain. But Mike Scully, you know, is busy doing Mike Scully things like working or whatever. So Mike Scully didn't chime in until kind of the end of that day. And so Mike Scully's text, I don't know if you can find it exactly because I don't want to butcher it. But like he had such a funny blow to this whole day where he he finally chimed in with like, um, it was like, hey, What's up? Sorry, I've been busy. Uh, what do you say? Been busy. My my best friend just died in a bike accident in New York. What's going on? What's up? <laughs> like he came in with the perfect blow to the whole day. And and to Goldie's point about, you know, Tom Gamble is somebody who is just wired to do this kind of stuff. And he can't, he can't really stop himself from being hilarious all the time. And that's, you know... When you get to the essence of somebody who is like a great, gifted comedy writer, that's the way they feel all the time. And how lucky are we? Not only do we get to work with him, do we get to become friends with him, but we get to experience, this is like the good part of comedy writing, you know, like where you, this is just, this, this is all gravy, all perks on top of it that we get to watch Tom Gamble be hysterical in this way. I, I, and Goldie, just, I can see you're chuckling. So what I are you just looking at? scrolled. I, I was just looking for interesting things to talk about in this thread. Yeah. And I just scrolled to the end of the first day. So there's there's been, I don't know, 100 texts. The first one starting out a picture of him under a sign at the beginning of the day. You know, I'm back in New York. Need to recharge my batteries. Can't wait to get a bagel at 2 a.m. And the last picture is a photo of him. In bed, looking really tired, with a bagel in his mouth, and it says two a.m. in New York City. <laughs> and he had something very funny with that you were being funny with Goldie too, where he even this is again a true comedy writer who will do anything for the laugh. He took a funny picture of himself at his parents' graves. Oh, <laughs> so he's God. at the grave site of his parents, oh, and he took, like, a funny picture, and I forget what he wrote, but he put some joke on the bottom. He wrote, <laughs> boo-hoo, my parents are dead, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, like, he's just going off on anything, and Goldie latched on to what about well, his parents? So it, it's, you know, the pictures of his parents' graves, and may they rest in peace. And the, of course. And the father's 
grave says James F. Gamble, uh, and the mother says Mary Caroline Walker Gamble. And so I responded, parentheses, Matthew Perry voice, could your mom have more names? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then this this morning, this morning you wrote after, funny. after it's been a two two more days of text, I said, Sorry, I haven't uh I haven't been responding. I haven't finished reading your mom's gravestone yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was all so funny. I mean, so Tom, thank you for including yeah. us in your madness because it's been just so fun to read. And 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 Goldie, as you mentioned, there'll be if God forbid we're ever away from our phone for a half an hour, you come back and literally I just opened it and I had twenty nine messages. So I know yeah. there are more after this podcast for us to go back and read. Yeah. Um and he did mention that someone lo- someone just put this guy into a development deal so Please. he's busy. Yes. Oh he deserves God. it. Lucky enough. And you just get something hilarious. Yes. He's like and a then it'll ease top. the text burden a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, take him off of our hands. <laughs> like that was, I think at the end of the first day when he was in his hotel room, I was like, okay, phew, you're safe. You're not out wandering you're the safe. streets anymore. I'm so relieved. My kids are feral because I'm just trying to keep up with this. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's right. Well, so now speaking of uh, ferility in the home, Goldie, I, I understand you you had sort of a, a, a dicey experience. No, someone that got stomach flu. We don't need to go into who other than it wasn't me. Yes. <laughs> and there were some bodily fluids on like the floor. A, I has to go bathroom. <laughs> yeah, did. somebody and did. They, they did and they did. Yeah. And uh, they were on the floor. It wasn't great. It was yeah. picked up. Thanks Oof. to my wife. Oh, uh, yes. And then, you know, remediated and everyone's fine. Yes. So I'm talking to my mom yesterday <laughs> and she says, how's it going? I say, well, not great. There was this stomach flu situation. There's stuff all over the floor. Yeah. You know, wasn't Never so it wasn't a great morning. And then my, my mom goes, Jonathan, <laughs> she can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> As though I am somehow a monster who, I was just telling her this happened. I wasn't saying, you know, and I'm moving out. And so I slapped the shit out of her because how dare you on my nice floor. She can't help it. I'm 50. Okay. I'm 50. I know. I know people can't help when they get barf and die die everywhere. I'm aware of this. Die die ain't you. You don't have to. Like, when does it end? When does the just sort of like condemning your kid and 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 correcting them and 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 not having any faith. That they know anything about anything. When does it end? Oh, well, what a window into your world, by the way. I think that as, and, and, and we talked about this uh, last night a little bit. You gave me some of the details. And you mentioned, like, this, that's part of the reason you are the way you are. You're, 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 not, you're, you're not given a safe space to just simply express something that yeah. hasn't gone your way in life. Every, everything I say 
the subtext is, I'm not screwing up, okay? Just so you know, I'm not fucking screwing up. I'm doing it right, like we yeah. want and like we talked about. So you don't have to fucking sit on me and correct me because I know what I'm doing, FYI. That's the subtext. That, that isn't landing. It's not landing. It's, it's, it just, it, I'm treated as though, I, like, I don't know anything. <laughs> Oh God! Well, I'm I'm glad that diarrhea has brought you to this conclusion about yourself. Di- di- what die 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 anal? Let's say, let's say that. Yes. Yeah. So oh, did people wonder where where it comes from? It's I I just can't. Apparently, I, like I'm I'm I know nothing about being a human being, <laughs> and I've learned you're, nothing. You're learning on the fly. You're learning yeah. on the job, and I need to just be taught. In every conversation. <laughs> well, but, you know, n- not everything is gloom and doom because you've been lucky enough to be invited to a wedding. Two. Two. Ooh. Two weddings. Yeah. So uh, what's the what's happening there? So, you know, you get to a point in life where I think your 20s and 30s, everyone has that year, eight weddings, yeah. 10 yeah. weddings. Yeah. And then there's a lull. And then there's, you know, you might get invited to a couple baby showers Right. Kids' birthday parties. You're going to start hitting a couple funes. Right. It's going to grow dak. There's going to be funerals. People are going to die. Funes. <laughs> and then somehow you start getting invited to weddings again. Again, yeah. <laughs> like, it makes, again, I'm not quite 50, but I'm, I'm just, I love yelling I'm 50. <laughs> yeah. So I'm jumping the gun by a couple months. And I'm just, yeah. It's so close. I'm 50. It's out there. Yeah. So I'm going to these weddings. I, I love both of the couples and I haven't been yet. So this is not a reflection on these weddings, but I'm puzzled by weddings. I, and, and what puzzles me is that there's a couple and you're, you all show up to watch them and love them and support them. And they've, what, known each other, I don't know, a year. They've had, <laughs> say, 30 good dinners together out. <laughs> and then they either go back to one of their apartments and they have a fun time. And then they get up late and they go to brunch. And then Sounds they kind of do whatever they want. And then they're in their mind going... I don't know if I'm ready for this because it's such a big deal. You know, they watch whatever they want on TV. They can get as much or as little sleep as they want. And so then they gather everyone together and you're watching them and they get up in front of everyone having not, you know, known each other much shorter than everyone in the audience. And they start teaching you this little lesson about love. (laughs) This incredibly patronizing lesson where they're they're reading to you from the poet Rumi and they're like, love is this and this. Love isn't this. And the Bible says love is this and love won't do this. So we're and it's like, you know fucking nothing about what you're getting into. Look at us. Look at us, the older fucking bald people who had a fight on the way there. We're sitting very tightly next to the person because you've caused them to have a fight over travel, over childcare, and you have the nerve, the nerve to tell them. Oh, and here's what love is. FYI, just so you guys know, love is when you do this, and love is when never you do this. Never go to bed angry. Oh, never go. You would never go to bed. <laughs> never sleep again. No. Listen so, to each other. So I think weddings have it all backwards. Where this couple has no business telling anyone what love is. What the wedding should be, 
is a couple is sitting down. Yes. And there's a line of people who get up and go, here's what you're about to do just so you fucking know, okay? Here's what my life is like. And if you think you can fucking handle it, then I'll marry you right now. Big shot who knows so much because you had 30 dinners out. You're going to be cleaning up diarrhea. Have you ever cleaned up diarrhea? Either one of you. Have you ever touched diarrhea? Either of you. That wasn't your own. How many diarrheas, not yours, have you touched? Just tell me. <laughs> Just tell me. Riddle me this. Yeah. Oh, God. How no, much room, room. That's not room. yours has been in your bed. Roomy does Any? not cover that. Yeah. <laughs> and you're Roomy telling me. Cover here's what love is. Here's what. Oh, here's what commitment is. Oh, okay. Love is ever-changing. Love yeah. breathes. My love wife watched me go bald. Ask her. Ask her. <laughs> she married a guy with a full head of hair. She now looks no, like a, a, some, no. a, 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 a thin, bald skeleton that's also somehow fat. Ask her what she thinks. <laughs> I'm here to throw the replay flag on married a guy with a full head of hair. All right. <laughs> I mean, it, it just is it's like you can't explain what you're getting into, but... The, they shouldn't be explaining to you. No, I know. It's ridiculous. And I feel I'm laughing, but I also feel guilty because I, I put you through that. But you weren't married at the time. When I, when I had my first wedding, there was a lot of that kind of talk. I remember. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, cringy. Yeah. It's cringy to me. But but then again, at the time you were single. You're 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 showering in a stream because the the water went out. You were footloose and fancy free. Yeah. I, at that so, time, I well, I didn't know or care. Yeah. But I mean, now I, I didn't if I put you through you'd... that now. Oh, <laughs> deal breaker. You know, my my aunt. God bless her. She, I think she's like ninety six. She might be ninety eight at this point. She was married several times just she's just like a knockout and you know very funny but i think she was married four times in the fourth wedding at her house whoever was doing the ceremony as she was repeating her vows they said you know um in sickness and in health for richer or poorer and she's and she repeated back in sickness and in health for richer, not poorer. Because <laughs> you just, at least you get honest. Yeah. Totally. Oh, like, it, she, it, like yeah. she was just like, look, I want to live nicely. <laughs> this is a nice man. We can live nicely together. And that's that. Yeah. That's what this will be. And she was right. That's so hilarious. That My nice. great grandmother who lived to 99 always used to say that. And it, I think it is a quote attributed to some like, you know, turn of the century comedian. But she always used to say like in those situations, Rich or poor, it's nice to have money. <laughs> Which yeah. I always am like, yeah, yeah. that totally. pretty much sums it up. That's how people yeah. really feel. I'm totally. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that is so funny. And I love the idea of having to go through a gauntlet of married people and then decide <laughs> Just, if you really want to do it. Yeah. It's the married people we, who got in a fight on the way Either way, we over. eat the meal yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's a good ritual. Let me... Let me list out the sexual frequency that you can expect. <laughs> Let me list out all the driving problems that you're going to have. It's all the little things. That Here's a picture it. of me in my 12-year-old underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still want to go through with this? <laughs> Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, Speaking of things we do not want to go through (laughs) with but have to, let's get in to Johnny Jokes. Bro. Tommy, Massachusetts. Here's Johnny. Uh, thanks for acknowledging the place. Uh, yeah, this is boy Slim Pickens this week. Here we go. Uh, the Nobel Prize in Science has gone to so-called click chemists who have mastered snapping molecules together like Legos. Uh, the scientists said the toughest part of the process was accidentally stepping on the molecules in bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a silly one to start with. No, uh, no choice. That's, that's a joke. Here we go. Oh, more from the world of science. Oh, good. <laughs> a new scientific study released this week asserts that in the future, more and more men will have the ability to get pregnant. Yeah. Uh, doctors say the process is still rare, and comes with a high risk of a Mr. Carriage. <laughs> Mr. Carriage. Oh, that was right down your alley. <laughs> it sure was. That's a perfect you joke. Pun central. Okay, now, th- as I usually do, I have one good one at the number two slot and then nothing else. Here we your go. Sweet spot. Uh, basketball star Draymond Green. Ooh unexpectedly announced that he will be stepping away from the Warriors for a few days. Uh, Pundits feel the move can mean only one thing. Draymond Green is divorcing Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. The classic three spot. And if you you like that, get ready for this one. Speaking of Tom Brady, uh, the future Hall of Famer sustained a minor shoulder injury in last week's matchup. Uh, Brady assured reporters that he'll be right by game time and left by Giselle. (laughs) (laughs) That was better. Oh, boy. B minus today on the honor roll. Second, Johnny, take it away. You can still make the honor roll with a B (laughs) minus. All right. Well, Kanye West wore a White Lives Matter shirt, made anti-Semitic statements, then said he's going to, quote, Death Con 3 war with Jews. You know, this is how you lose a custody battle to a woman who made a porno. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes. All right. Scientists, uh, the scientists have been very active this week. Yeah, apparently. Scientists now say that the detection of nitrous oxide in space proves the existence of aliens. Mm. Yeah, it also proves that some of them are dentists. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. After starting the season one and four, the Carolina Panthers 
have fired head coach Matt Rule. Ooh. Yeah, too bad. Uh, Rule took it in stride. Thank you. Rule took it in stride, saying he's looking forward to losing yardage with his family. I'll end on a norm. Okay. I'll end on a norm here. <clears throat> Chess champion Hans Neiman had his rear end scanned after accusations he was cheating at chess by using a vibrating sex toy. Yeah. Meanwhile, this weekend, I had a dildo up my ass and still lost to my grandma. <laughs> oh, that's great. That norm closer is always a, a very solid yeah. move. And so it. I, I want to talk about our football picks for a second because yes. a friend emailed me. Sure. And he was wondering, he said <clears throat> he likes the podcast, but he <clears throat> is confused that the football picks are for games that have already happened by the time we yeah. listen to them. So we pre-tape the podcast before the games occur. <laughs> yeah. The games happen. Yes. Then the podcast airs. I know. It's so funny. There was a great Mr. Show. You remember Mr. Show? Yeah. That yes. sketch show that was on HBO. They had a great sketch in it. It was called the pre-tape talk show. Uh-huh. It was a call-in talk show that was pre-taped. <laughs> and so basically it was Dave Cross as like this very rattled host who was like, as a reminder, this week we're talking about the elderly, uh, but you'll be watching Crime in Our Streets. So don't call in about Crime in Our Streets because we're talking about the elderly. And people kept calling in with the wrong questions and it just drove him insane. So that's kind of what we're doing with yeah, the football picks much. here. Um, but to update people about our football picks, as it stands now, Goldie is one and two, and I am two and one. Um, Goldie picked the Packers. uh, They played the Giants, and they actually got beat. Uh, And I picked, I believe, the Chargers, and they did not win by enough. Oh, right. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I know. Me too. (laughs) Me too. I fucking fucking hate that guy. Fuck that haircut. He he looks like a shipwrecked idiot. (laughs) His own family doesn't talk to him, so it tells you what kind of guy he is. The whole thing of like, I don't have the vaccine, but I'm. he's clearly like a bullshit artist. And then once the good passing stops... There's nothing yeah, there. There's everyone. nothing. Nothing. Wow. And so he, yeah, no. he fucked This is a bad guy, guy, and he fucked me on this jokes thing. Yeah. Which jokes thing? What happened? Well, I'm going to end up losing and having to do oh, eight right, Johnny right, jokes right, right. because this idiot yeah. loses to the Giants what, in a game he's favored by nine. You're, you're one game back with like 13 to go. I think you have plenty of chances to catch up here. All right. But so, I have zero confidence. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, well, so Well, neither do I. I'm, I'm looking at my picks. Uh, I have no idea. Go ahead. Wh- who are you going to pick for this upcoming week, which again will have just happened by the time you're listening to this <laughs> podcast? Um. I like this. <laughs> Man, I'm looking at these odds, and I, yep. I hate myself. I, do, mm-hmm. I feel I have no ability at this. Yep. I Aaron Rodgers screwed me. No way I'm taking him again. You know what? I'm going to pick the New England Patriots, who are getting three points yeah. against the Cleveland Browns. On the road. On yeah. the road against their former quarterback with an axe and to if, grind. And if you're going to pick that, then I'll switch my pick. No, I'm not giving you the chance to switch. I want you locked into that. Um, I hope they win, by the way. So I hope they win by two. (laughs) That would still be a win for you. All right, my pick, and I hate that. I hate picking the biggest spread. It's such a dumb move in general. But I'm picking the Rams 
minus 11 over the Panthers. Because I think, the, as you mentioned in one of your jokes, the Panthers just got rid of their coach. They have no quarterback because Mayfield is injured. I think they have their like fourth string quarterback. So Whoa. I'm going with the Rams at home. They have to win by 11 or more. All right. That's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> now we got that bullshit out of the way. It's, yep. it's another weird thing to like just put a little bad news in our lives. So this week we, we wanted to talk about a couple things uh, later, but I think first we wanted to read. We have a great backlog of uh, just a bunch of emails that you guys keep sending. And as a reminder, it's at uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. We love the stuff that you send us. Even though we don't read it every week, we we really go into each week with the intention of like, oh, we have to read this email. We got to read that one. And, and then it just sort of gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. But today we are going to get through a few of these emails um, because we thought they were so great. So JC, what, what did we have first for today? Okay. So our first one is from Jason Rutkowski. Yeah. And his subject is top five worst song lyrics. Right. That's right. And we're just going to read the, the first two that he listed, the, starting with number five. Okay. And he wrote, this category was too good to pass up. My submissions for top five worst lyrics below. Number five, violating the never come back into a rhyme songwriting rule, Rick Springfield's I feel so dirty when they start talking cute. I want to tell her that I love her, but the point is probably moot. That's so bad. But by the way, that is unbelievably by most polls, that song is a top five song of the 80s. Uh, it, it, people love that's Jesse's girl, by the way. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know that. But it's a it's a really good it's a catchy unreal yes it's a catchy catchy song but he jason you're 100 percent right that (laughs) lyric is almost unforgivable i mean the the word moot i don't know that i've (laughs) ever heard it in any other context it's it's, it's funny he just went to a rhyming dictionary he's like i got cute (laughs) (laughs) we gotta go moot i should i should probably stay mute (laughs) loot she Uh, just thinks i'm an old coot coot that would have been good you know it's funny i keep uh, but i'm moving to deschute deschute you brought up deschute before (laughs) um i it's interesting there's a song uh called sweet city woman by the stampeders it's from the 70s it's again a very catchy song it's the only song i can think of that has the word macaroons in it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And also there's a great song by, uh, I think, Wang Chung, Dance Hall Days Mm -hmm. from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. They have the word amethyst in there, which it's just like sometimes there are words that stick out and you're like, why, how how did that word end up in a song? (laughs) And stay, yeah. Yeah, so moot is that way. Macaroons is for sure that way. Yes. And And he had one more song that I thought was Yes, so his number four is... It's a mystery to me how the song Jeremy was even a single, let alone the most played video on MTV in 1992, but such were the 90s. 10 was objectively a great debut album, but some lines should have just stayed in Eddie's diary. And then in quotes, gnashed his teeth and bit the recess lady's breast. Yeah. Top of- 
among them. Oh, that's the 90s for you. That's the 90s. We were just gnashing teeth and biting breasts in the 90s. We were in the audience the wearing our lady. painter's jeans yeah. and yep. our ringer tees. Yeah, and our flannel shirt over the top, totally. brushing the hair out of our eyes as we, oh, we swayed angrily to the music. That's that's me. I, I mean, like yeah. in, when you're hearing that, are you envisioning I'm Jeremy. Like, yeah. Holy shit, we're all Jeremy. We like, all I don't want to be Jeremy. But <laughs> like, what are you are. supposed to do? It's one of those things. I often have this question with, with songs is, what do you want me to do? Right, about <laughs> Jeremy. Like, what do we like do? Like the Elton John song, Leave On. What do you want me to do about any of this? <laughs> Leave On likes his mom. Like, I, I, what? What? What do, you, what do you need? I'm telling you, he sells cartoon balloons in town. Sure. <laughs> I guess. I, the, my thing with the 90s and Pearl Jam is the best, I think, example of this is what the fuck were we so mad about in the 90s? If you look back now to what the world is today, we should have been fucking thrilled in the 90s. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a, just a happy period to look back on. But... The music was so angry that yeah. it, it, it changed from the 80s that was all like pop and, and neon fun and, and la la la. And, and then, yeah, yes. go ahead, Goldie. What do, you, what do you got there? You're forgetting about a little thing called AIDS. <laughs> AIDS was the 80s, the AIDSies. No, because Magic Johnson said he had AIDS in 91. Well, that's true. Yeah, but that's my, not when My second day of college. Wow, uh, yeah, I remember, remember that too, being in the yeah. common room. Wow. Yeah, we're thinking like, myself. Well, none of us is getting late <laughs> for a while. <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember. Sadly, this is how Boston I am. Watching that announcement and thinking, "Big W for the C's." Oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was another, still mad about. I was still mad about his baby hook shot in '87. Another specific '90s memory I have from college is the first time I heard the song "Scrubs." The, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want no scrubs. I don't want no Just instinctively knowing that that was very bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You were right. Yeah, you were that, right. That this was going to make women kind of go, I don't know, this guy. <laughs> He's a scrub. Yeah, with his with his little half a bagel and his... <laughs> oh, in New, in New York City? I was in New York City. <laughs> oh, I like to recharge my batteries. I, my batteries were constantly charged. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. I mean, you, believe me, you should have. I wish I had known you then. I would have had you come up every weekend to Connecticut College where it was just a saloon fight between the women to fight over the few men that were there. You would have hated me. Everyone no, hated me. Everyone no, in college hated me. I doubt that. Not true at all. What about Voitman? He loves you. Yeah. So my best friend was um, a guy who grew up in Taiwan, but he's a white guy. Okay. So he was How the dare you? well. So he was like the ultimate outsider who didn't understand anything about America. It was oh. like fucking right. bulky. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. So it was, you know, I found the one guy who, who liked me, who didn't, who didn't know anything that was going on. Who oh we God. latched onto each other. Yeah. Well, he's your good buddy. Yeah, um, all right. That that Jason uh, Rutkowski. Yes, thank, uh, you. thank you so much for that email. We know you had other picks, but it would take up the whole podcast to go through them all. So let's let's move on to our next email. Okay, JC, a, what do we have? This is a short one from our dear friend Tom Leggett. Oh um, yeah, we love Tom. Yes. So the subject is God damn it. 
And he just says, hello, funny people. Got this from my healthcare provider. It's everywhere. And it's just a screenshot that says 2023 open enrollment decision guide. And then underneath that, it says, what the health? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've been, we've really been on about this for the last few weeks about shift happens and take a shift. And so what the health? It's perfect. It's like, come on, you're a healthcare provider. Be above that. What does it, how does it help anything to have that there? It's not funny. It's not, no. Like you already know, okay, I'm diving into a nightmare with my health plan. (laughs) Exactly. And then just because health is close to hell, you just put it there? Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, that's a good point. What? The health. I, I, that's just, it's unacceptable. Um, so thank you, uh, Tom, for sending in that infuriating photo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, what, do we, what do we have next, JC? Okay, so the next one is from Ian McLeod. Is that how you say that? M-A-C-L-E-O-D. McLeod. McLeod. So. Subject is, is this something? So JC, Alec, and Goldie, I have a pitch that also covers off your recent marketing concerns. Mm. It's called a plucking shift. Oh, no, it's a good start. <laughs> a superstore-esque workplace comedy set in a poultry plant about the quirky night shift who do everything but their actual job, defeathering fowl. Mm, okay, plucking shift. A plucking shift. Who works there? Alex. Constantly smells of weed and ennui. Loves, Wait a minute. <laughs> loves his job but hates doing it. Uh, Julian, um, an atonal ranter, possibly bald, yet is somehow beloved. Oh, that's true. The last part is true. (laughs) CJ, (laughs) (laughs) clearly punching below her weight class, (laughs) steers the ship when it hits the fan. Steers the shift. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A ray of sunshine with a dark secret. Maybe oh. a compulsion to rate and rank cheese? Oh, he remembers. <laughs> he does. There could also be a subplot where CJ teaches Julian bass techniques to use his guitar playing, uh, in his guitar playing, changing his thinking, thereby creating a secondary and more thematically rich plucking shift. Is this something, <laughs> Ian, in Vancouver? You know, it's funny. Thank you, Ian. It's funny because <laughs> I read that email and I didn't even get that the second thing with the guitars is also plucking. plucking. That took, I just didn't, I realized that now. So that's yeah. very well done, Ian. Yeah. Where, is he, where is he, well, Vancouver? Yeah, Vancouver. It, All right, run to answer Vancouver. your question, you've entertained us thoroughly. Yes. Yes. Um, we appreciate the, the attention to detail and the <laughs> diligent listening. Yeah. And this is also nothing. <laughs> it has but we loved no it. use beyond what just happened. Yeah. But we love it. You entertained the three of us. Yeah. We, and you thoroughly entertained us and, and enraged us with the plucking <laughs> shift because we hate that. But well, we thank love you it. for making us feel something. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now we have one last one. One last one. Yeah. And yeah. I believe it's anonymous. Even well, though we have their email, which is, that's, that's the funny right. part, was that's they true. believed they were anonymous. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So puns and marketing shift happens. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Hey there, a typical disgusting display. I love the show. I look Thanks. forward to it every week and I usually listen to it in its entirety twice. 
Wow. Oh, wow. I know. Lovely. But I'm puzzled by something in today's episode. Can you explain to us why Brooklyn Nine-Nine was such a huge hit when they were promoting with the tag Shift Happens? It seemed to have worked for them. That show is a huge hit, right? But when the marketing department used a similar pun in the promotions for making history, the pun didn't work. Is it possible? Is there a sliver of a chance that it wasn't the marketing that doomed making history? Anonymous marketing copywriter at Fox. Okay. Let's see what they Poisonal. It's poisonal. So we'll set aside the fact that the network gave a much bigger marketing budget and a much better time and in the fall slot, a much better TV slot and much more promotion with football, etc., to launch... The, the precious Andy Samberg vehicle, <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that they were so far behind and instead took Making History and punted it from the fall to June till I believe March when there was no football and they had no ratings to launch it and then had no budget to the point where when I was traveling in Seattle and for fun would ask people, hey, I'm thinking of watching this show Making History this weekend on Fox. I asked 100 people, none of them had heard of it. So <laughs> great job by the network. But here's... My larger point, if you are proud of yourself <laughs> and turning the word shit in a shift <laughs> at the end of your shit or shift <laughs> and thinking that just by doing that for each show, you've done an exemplary job, then just pat yourself on the back <laughs> and feel good. But if you think maybe you could put a little more time and yeah. passion and energy and creativity into promoting a show, whether it works or not, then maybe see if you could apply yourself in, in that fashion. But if it's not worth it to you, and it wouldn't be worth it to me, I would just hand in my shit and go home at the end Your of my shift. shift. <laughs> <laughs> then, then don't do the work. The end. And, the end. you know, I get my show didn't work. You, you've made your point. You've stuck your dagger. You've, oh, dagger. you've added a stone to the pile on my back. Oh. So, congratulations. Fuel. It's more fuel for Goldie. Congratulations. And I'll see you in hell, buddy. <laughs> That's how we love to honor our listeners. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Well, and also I, I quibble with, you, you. I guess you would have to say that Brooklyn Nine-Nine was, in quotes, a hit. But I think that that was at the time when what a hit was was changing drastically. Right. Because it was not a hit by the standards of actual big hit shows. It was just, it did well enough to keep staying on the air. And I think your early point about their precious Andy Samberg is exactly right. It's like they wanted desperately to be in the Andy Samberg business. And so they just kind of threw in all the stops. Yeah. Uh, I think the show did work. well enough. I And yes. I, I know a lot of people like it. I never really watched it. Same. So you yeah. know, not because of it, more because of me. But I will say there's something in the psychology of a network in a studio that Andy Samberg was coming off Saturday Night Live and, and the other movie where he was played up daredevil i forget the name of that hot rod hot rod thank you so andy samberg was had a lot of career heat and it looks a lot worse for them to fail with someone who's both a tv and movie star right. than it does to fail with julius sharp's passion project so they're gonna <laughs> right. put more time and energy to making sure they succeed and this 
this is a lesson I would say in terms of if you're doing your own shows, why you should try to get as big names as possible to sign on and join you for the journey because they don't want to be blamed and it looks bad for them to say fail with you know Matt Damon is doing a TV show and it's like oh my god and it's like yeah. you somehow failed in a show with Matt Damon as opposed to just some you know what they view as a rando that they gave a script deal to and then other stuff didn't pan out so they had to take that script and make it right which is how you end up with my stuff on the air where it's like <laughs> all the big stars and whatever it all sucked worse than we thought no yeah and this did a so, little better so let's just see and use this, this as spackle till we can get some other big star to <laughs> agree to take our money well uh again thank you for your emails and uh, again our Email address is a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. So please keep sending them. And now, for the rest of the show, we had discussed earlier that maybe we would talk a little bit more about this, this family of migrants show idea that we had. But you know what? In the spirit of being a writer who hates writing, I don't want to talk about that. Let's just punt <laughs> no. it. I don't okay. fucking want to talk about that punt. today. So, Goldie, let's talk about, because you and I have been talking a little bit about, and I think someone, a friend of yours, brought this up to you, this notion of, like, rejection or how to do this properly in the world of writing and submissions. So will you, let me know, like, what is that topic? Like, because I, so, I, I want to hear you talk about it. My friend Amanda Melson, who's a very funny comedian and writer, you know, she's someone who's submitted a great deal of late night packets and, and written right. for shows successfully. But, you know, this is something I hear from all people who are in this late night world, which we used to be in and which we've both experienced is you spend they ask you to do these packets and these packets take a lot of time. I mean, yeah. it's it's days and days and days. They want, you know, sample jokes. They want sample bits. They want sample. And then you send it and you hear nothing back. And. The sort of issue is, is this how this should be handled on both right. sides? Like, do you, as someone who's submitting, are you owed any official rejecting? And as someone who's struggling to go through the packets and, you know, potentially offering someone a job and you, in your mind, maybe you're just giving someone an opportunity. Do you owe each person who applies mm. a personalized response? That's interesting. Uh, it's funny because I have guilt over this because I get sent scripts and then don't read them. And I, <laughs> I you know, people will send a script as, as like a favor and someone will say, hey, can I send you this? Hey, do you mind looking at this? And I'm always like, sure. And then I just <laughs> never get to it. Yes. So I have a script out there now by a good friend of ours who sent his script and it's been sitting for a couple weeks already and it's like oh jesus i gotta get i have to get to this thing yeah um so i sympathize with people who get a lot of material and then are not as thorough about answering it and I, and and in my mind i would throw out there that a non-answer is a no of um, course yeah but course. but it also could mean in my case that i just simply didn't read it which is shitty but that's just the way it goes sometimes and you can't expect that every time you send something out, you're going to get the response that you're looking for. Of course. So it's a tough area. Well, I think we're talking about two slightly different things, and I'll address each of them. And sure. The, and the first is a, a script from a friend or associate or acquaintance or connection is sent to you, just a one-off. So you get one script. And right. I think as someone who's you know, both sent these scripts, but now at this point receives more than I send because my feeling about writing at this point is if I don't know what I'm doing and I don't have it 
no one can fix me. Right. It's too late. So I'm just going to take my shot with my scripts. I don't really show them to anyone before I submit them anywhere. But if you are someone who sends scripts to people, the person will likely be thinking this. Oh, a script. Okay. Oh, God, what if I don't like it? How am I going to break it to this person? Because if it's a friend, especially, there's the dread of even opening it where you go, what am I getting here? Knowing that most things are not great and it's not anyone's fault. It's just you write a script. It's hard to be good right? when you write a script. So then I think the second part of it is this is going to take my time. And now it's it's not just reading the script. It's really thinking through the diplomacy of what I'm going to have to convey about the script when I do have an opinion. Right. And how am I going to convey that? Right. And the more time that goes by, you feel like, well, maybe I'm buying myself. Uh, I'm justifying that I can give a shorter response to the script than if when it immediately comes in, because everyone will kind of forget about it, and I can I can hide behind the veil of busyness. Yeah, that, sure. that I go. Oh, I I did get to it, and here are my thoughts. The third thing is that the reality is, is as Gary Janetti says, they just want to hear it's great. No yeah, one actually. Right. As I know people feel they have to say, and I want honest feedback here, and I want your notes. They don't. Right. What they want to hear is this is perfect. This is the best thing I've ever read. Anyone would be crazy to not do this. You've convinced me. I'm going to be an advocate for this. I'm going to hand it to everyone I know. That's what they right. want to hear. Yes, that's happened re- to me twice, by the way. And one what? of them was with our guest, Jordan Ramp. So I would say oh. like there, there yeah. just a couple of times in my whole life that I've received scripts or things like that and felt the way you just described, the yeah. way Gary Gennetti idealizes it. One is with Jordan Ramp. Another is with, I don't know if either of you guys worked with Michael Kennedy yeah. when he worked on, on yep. Family Guy. Yeah. But he wrote, and he wrote comedy and he sent a comedy script that I was like, this is fucking great. Like, and I wanted as many people to read it as possible. And I pushed it out there to my agent. And of, wow. of course, you know, agents, if they're not making money on it right away, they're kind of like, man, we don't have room for that right now. Well, now Michael Kennedy is an incredibly successful yeah. screenwriter. Yeah. So it doesn't happen that often where you get those scripts and you're like, this is great. Right. So for a script, here's, here's my approach is. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I read the script and I try to have one or two really big picture helpful things and that's it. And I say, I'm not going to get into minutia with you and joke choice because that's that's personal. Right. Whether I think certain things are funny, you think certain things are funny, you should just be putting in what you think is funny. But if I feel like 
a good friend who's hilarious and an incredible writer sent me a script the other day. And, and the only thing I could say was like, the opening isn't as good as the rest of the script, which is great. Right. So just don't have an opening. You don't yeah. need it because everything's so great once it takes off. And there's, it, it just felt like you thought you had to have an opening and you don't have to have an opening. Yeah. I mean, those are the types of things I feel like I can offer someone. Um, and th- that's, that's something I'm comfortable doing because you, the, the worst case scenario is you give what you think is your honest feedback, but comedy's so subjective that the person then gets angry and now you've hurt your friend and you've hurt your friendship. Yeah. And, and you were, quote, doing them a favor. And in the course of doing them a favor, you feel you got lectured, which was almost what we were talking about at the With beginning of the family. podcast. <laughs> By your mom. <laughs> yeah, so, so I would say, you know, be aware when you do ask someone to read that they're probably going through some version of this where there's a dread on their part on having to convey anything because right. it's hard to talk honestly about this stuff. I know someone, and I, can't, I wish I remembered who said it's, it's like critiquing someone how they have sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that intimate? Right. They don't really want, no one really wants to hear your yeah. a lot of things you're doing wrong. You want to hear, it's great. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, about a well, minute by, by in. The, by the yeah. way, blink and you'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of time to figure out that critique. So, so I feel like that, that to me is addressing the, the individual sends a script to an individual. Yeah. As far as a packet goes or when you're sending in for an open assignment, um, I do think, you know, I, I used to, I've submitted to SNL. I, I don't think I ever mm-hmm. submitted to Conan. I, I got rejected from the Tom Green show. I mean, I remembered I, I did two for The Daily Show with John Stewart. I thought I was really going to get hired because yeah. right. I asked for another one and then I didn't get the job. A month later, I got Kilborn. I had done a packet for that. I think the people who are in charge could be more aware of recognizing how important it is to the people who submitted and that... Yeah. A short note saying, hey, we received it. This was incredibly competitive. It's just not happening right now, but please feel free to submit in the future. We'd love to read you. Would go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially to the people who were in contention, but, you know, just as a numbers game, it could never work out. I mean, if someone's packet was just so far off, I would just say, hey, thank you. We're sorry. There are no spots available. I would try to be terse and honest. Yeah, because you, what you don't want to do is end up in an endless cycle with someone where they're like, "Hey, can you tell me what I did wrong?" And it's like, "No, yeah. <laughs> like I'm very busy." So I, I feel like, and I'm 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 thinking through this as I'm talking that it's a thank you, it's some indication of how close you were, right? Right. So if you were far off, it's just not even acknowledging that you were within the realm of getting it. But if yeah. you were in contention, saying, "Hey, you actually made it to our final." 10 people so you did a great job right and we're open to hearing from you in the future and thank you so much for submitting and if you're still looking for a job when we're looking again we'd love to hear from you because that's that's all true yeah um and i think people don't even do that i think i think what ends up happening and i kind of get why this occurs is no one wants to be the actual face of bad news because in the future any one of these people could be successful and all they'll remember is that's the fuck who rejected me. Right. You know, right. so I know even when my show on ABC was canceled, no one from ABC called to tell me that, that I heard from someone who was yeah. sort of, they basically handed it down as much as they felt they could to get someone to call me to tell me. Right. Wow. Right. Whereas I would have appreciated 
even one minute of the highest up person saying, hey, it didn't work out. Of course, we all get that. But I I harbor more resentment for like, and they didn't even call me after all the work. Right. They put it. Yeah, so I would say sense. I would say an email on behalf of the showrunner who you submitted to, to the top, I, you know, if these things get 100 submissions to the top 15 people, just saying yeah. you were pretty close and yeah. we'd love to hear from you again. And the rest, just a thank you, but we've moved in another direction is how I would handle it going forward. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I see now the the distinction between like you as as Goldie or me, people who we are have friends, acquaintances, you know, people, friends of friends who send us scripts. That it's sort of a different set of rules than if you're working at a show that is actively looking for writers, like a late night show. I do think you're right that that somebody from that show owes at least the smallest email of like, thanks, you know, we're all full up or this, there's some good stuff in here. It didn't work out this time. Like you're right about that. I would also create a show account to send that email from, because I've also had, and this is maybe why people don't do it is I've tried to do the right thing and telling someone who didn't get a job, Hey, you didn't get a job. And then got an extensive email back where they're like, here's why I really want this. And I will do X, Y, and it's like, no, Don't make me yeah. regret. it was hard yeah. enough for me to say no. And now you're making me say no again. And now you're almost making this personal where I want to say, hey, it wasn't that close or that good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So I would also say it's, it, you know, as someone who's been rejected so many times, you got to learn to be rejected. Yeah. You got to learn to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a big part of what we do is like, you know, you can't, especially finding that first job, that's going to be really tough. And then and the you, second, I would say. Well, that's true. The second can be tough too. And the third, I'm sure it's tough at every point, but someone like you and, uh, you know, I like to think someone like me, once we get in a place, I think we can show our value. And that's really sure. the best thing to do as a writer is, yeah, it's going to be frustrating trying to get in the door. But once you're there, just fucking produce. Just keep your head down. And I know, Goldie, you certainly do this better than anyone. Once you get into a situation, you're there to write jokes. And there's no uh, mistaking what you're there to do. You're not there to glad hand. You're not there to rub elbows with the talent. You're there to make the showrunner or the right people laugh constantly. Thank you. Yeah. And I hate the talent. <laughs> Unless you are the talent. Yes. <laughs> um, well, that was, That's that not was true, like, by the way. That was actually a more, a more fruitful uh, subject. It's so very you, funny. Call out, call out your friend's name again. Uh, Amanda Melson. And she, Amanda, she is, thank you for that. She's a great qu- writer. Thank you for that query. Great funny writer. And now uh, let's get into a portion of the show that we like to call Top 5. Top 5. Goldie, this was your category uh, this week. Tell us uh, what we're going to be talking about. Uh, It was top five brands, products, or stores that have been discontinued. Products, brands, stores. So I'll go. Go ahead. Um, Number five, Playboy magazine. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't, I didn't know it's think discontinued. It's, you can't get a Playboy magazine anymore. This was something. And I, I got to be honest with you. I did read it for the articles. I know that's the joke. <laughs> they're, they're good articles. They were fantastic. There, there used it. to be a dearth of information about kind of how to be a guy. Now I feel like, oh, there was Maxim, and, the, and, the, and then there was the backlash to that sort of thing where it's like, 
you shouldn't try to be a lad. You should, here's what a real man is. And it, it opened up this discussion. There used to be no information on, you know, how to find the right belt. Like right. everything right. was the Wild West. And yeah. it actually, on top of, you know, the pictures, which for heterosexual men were pretty cool. Right. Yeah. There sure. was a lot of interesting, good information in there. Yeah. Yep. On what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did a little article about me once. Yeah, good magazine. Oh, uh, <laughs> did they? Uh, you know, oh, yeah. every, everyone has their. That's probably ones. why they went um, out of business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to look at boobs. I'm reading, and I'm reading about a boob. But they instead. were looking at boobs. Did they? Little did they know? <laughs> uh, number four, and this is. I'm not saying this is a good brand, but it was aspirational when I was eight years old and used to read the Sunday Circular. York's stereos. Oh, it's York's yeah. with an X. Yeah. They made very inexpensive stereos oh. that looked huge. Yes. Which was all I wanted. Yeah, one of my good friends had I want to say our friend Todd Kidder had a York's. Oh, I'm sure. That or a yeah. Magnavox. They were they were both great. Uh number three, and I, I get why they can't make this product anymore, but man do I miss it and man were they good. Jello pudding pops. Oh, they, they, go. they were fantastic. <laughs> they go. <That> was, <laughs> as someone who consumes a lot in the fudgesicle family, yes, they, they were, the were at the top. They yep. were the best. Number two, what was better than walking into a Toys R Us? I know. Yeah. So sad. I mean, we're Heaven in a similar Earth. area there. And I and I missed doing it with my kids when you my my older kid we were able to do it, and the younger kid like never got to experience just. The, the I think they're coming back. I think they're coming back. Really? Well, that's a bad move. Uh, <laughs> I want it back. I miss it. It's coming back. Wow, that's stupid. <laughs> and number one, uh, the number one thing I miss, and the iPhone has ruined this. So much has ruined this. Tower Records. Oh. Yeah, going in with 50 one. bucks in your pocket saying, I'm going to get oh. three or four new pieces of music and listen to them till yep. they skip. Oh. And I'm going to really, yeah. and I never do that anymore. I never discover anyone. Yeah. I never, because you put one, once you put your money into it, yeah. you had to learn to like that music. Yeah. It's true. You listen, you listen about gnashing your teeth and biting the recess lady's breath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well, how that we have, happened. We have overlap, so maybe I'll go next. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Okay, sure. cool. Um, so my number five is, you know, actually it ends this year, and it's not necessarily a brand or product, but the New York City Metro cards. Oh, yeah, I love those. They're gone. Yeah. They're gone. And um, I mean, I know when, when we were all in New York in 2000, there were still tokens, right? They're like, remember when yeah. there were tokens for the subway and then they switched to the Metro cards? So, was... so the, the first day the Metro card became available, I, I was really broke when I was in New York and doing stand up. And I, yeah. I said to myself, this is great because I think it was for it was about 60 bucks. It was unlimited for yes. the month. And I, at that time I was riding the train, you know, six to 10 times a day doing comedy, going all over town. And yeah. I was like, this is going to save me, you know, a hundred dollars, $200 a month, which yes. at the time was the super Metro significant. And it. so I got an unlimited Metro card. I rode the subway once and I lost the Metro card. Oh, and I was no. literally in tears. I, I was too. so upset oh. because I had just, yeah, you know, like, blown sixty dollars. Yeah. I still remember how bad that was. It's like the yeah. golden ticket in Willy Wonka. Totally, yep. I remember those days. Um, I get, you know, I didn't actually check if these have been discontinued, but the Sony Discman 
Um, oh yeah, those are great. They can't be making those. those. Right, they can't be. I don't know. Maybe they do, but yeah, Yeah. it feels discontinued. Spiritually discontinued. (laughs) Um, My number three, um, Barney's New York. I loved Barney's. Oh, you loved the shopping. I did love Stu and I, (laughs) like, he'd come home from tour. It's like, what do you want to do? Let's go to Barney's, you know? Yeah, he wanted like a suede boot for on stage. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Little James Purse t-shirt. lacing up to under the knee. (laughs) The eighth floor. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hilarious. Okay, and that was my, uh, number two, this is totally random, but the store Papyrus. Which was the it bookstore? Used, no, it used to be like stationary. Yeah, it's such a they got run out by Staples, right? Total. I don't know. I, yeah. But I used to go in there and be like, oh, I got to get a nice card. Just go to Papyrus. Got to get some nice. I don't know. It's very. I just missed uh, those anyway. And my number yeah. one, Tower Records. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good and job, guys. The, I wish I had put that on. Yeah. My list. When I was in Boston, that was where we would go. When, oh, love Tower in Boston. Yeah, and love then that <laughs> fucking escalator up. Exactly. Oh, what's up there? <laughs> and then when I worked in Times Square. It was in the same building as, as Tower. Which, That's you know, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I would go into Tower and I'd be like, what? How am I going to expand my horizons today? And then I would always walk out with like Fleetwood Mac's greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> Boston's greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. I bought this three times. It same. keeps getting scratched in my car. Um, though, those are great lists. Uh, I'll get to mine in a second. But before I do, I just want to shout out that on next week's episode, we are incredibly excited to have the heart and soul of Family Guy. We've called him this for years. Mr. Danny Smith is going to be with us, and I'm really excited. I'm so yeah, excited. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, there he is. That's Danny. We love him, and he Yay. may have a story or two to tell. I think, <laughs> yeah. Goldie, next week we can just rest our vocal cords and just let Danny <laughs> take it away. Um, all right. Now let's get to my top five. So number five for me, Slice. I loved a good can of Slice. It was sort of in between Sprite and 7-Up, and I loved it. Uh, Number four, Goldie, um, I think this is sort of along the lines of your uh, York's thing. The store, Leechmere. Yes. In the Boston area, it was such a, it it was a weird store where you could get all kinds of electronics and also pants. Like it just (laughs) kind of had everything. Yeah. And for, it seemed like slightly higher end than like Marshall's or Bradley's. Leechmere was like a little step up. Uh, number three, and again, we're thematically we're in the same area, KB Toy and Hobby. Oh, yeah. KB yeah. Toys and Hobbies, that's sort of the Toys R Us equivalent. It was a little smaller, but I, I loved it. Same yeah. deal. Uh, number two, Life Magazine. Oh, I my grandparents always had a stack of life magazines. And when I was bored at some family event, which was often I could just go and leaf through and, you know, you'd see the pictures of those construction workers sitting up on a beam like 80 store. It was just filled with great (laughs) pictures. So when you're a kid, it was kind of awesome. I really miss like all magazines in the. Yeah, you know, Sports Illustrated is still there, but I that was a week. But there are shells of themselves. Totally. Totally. Um, And number one, we were kind of in this area too. number one, Napster. Oh, God, did I love stealing (laughs) Stealing music. (laughs) Didn't care about the artists at all. I still remember my computer screen at Kilbourne. 
just look like war games. I mean, like 17 songs coming through at various rapid rates. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's that song by, you know, Tribe Called Quest. And there's, you know, sort of Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. And I get to listen to it myself. The the ultimate Napster song was She's a Beauty by the Tubes. Oh, love that song. (laughs) It's just that song that you go... Oh, yeah, I'm stealing that. <laughs> yeah. Great, great guitar opening to She's a Beauty, by the way. Um, all right, that was a fun list. So I guess next week it's my turn <laughs> to see what I can see. Okay, I'm I'm doing this one, and I don't – it's not even fully thought out, but I, I thought it might be a good area. Next week, let's do top five songs that live up to the hype. So we're talking about songs that are, like, huge – smashes that everybody talks about but are actually that as good as their hype (sighs) (laughs) wait sorry size matter goldie what what were you doing there (laughs) you don't like it it's you you enough of songs are you like enough of the songs where it's like go through another song or a movie Uh, Did we just read an email about lyrics? Yes, we did. People like it. We're giving them what they they want to hear. Top five songs that live up to the hype. Um, Okay. Great. And now let's end this show the way we always do on a high note. (laughs) There's the aforementioned insane Tom Gamble and Max Frost singing a lovely high note for us. Um, I'll, I'll just get mine out of the way quickly. So as you mentioned at the uh, in the Johnny Joke intro, I am on Cape Cod this week, uh, it is my, nice. uh, which is my happy place. Uh, Levy is turning seven this Friday. Happy so birthday. after, when you're listening to this show, she will have already turned seven. And she's my high note this week. It's just, I've been away for a little over a month. I come back, she's, she's reading, she's writing, she's getting belts and karate, she's doing gymnastics. <laughs> and more importantly, she's just smiling and laughing all the time. So it's such a ray of sunshine. And I have to give so much credit to my wife, Tal, who is here on the front lines with her every day, where I know it's difficult, not always smiles and sunshine that I'm getting. But whatever she's doing to to raise Levy in my absence, it's totally working. Levy's wow. great. So that's the high note this that's week. Sweet. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Gold, do you want to wrap up or do you want to go next? Sure. No, I'll go. My okay. high note is you guys. Oh, oh my Lord. I think we're all, you know, it's just been a, it's a refuge sometimes that's very needed. And I uh, yeah. enjoy yeah. this time. With I you guys. agree. Yeah. Especially JC, who then has to take this <laughs> ship of garbage we've created oh. and sift through it for the few recyclables. She takes her shift, sift, her sift, shift. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> ship, shift. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, okay, so my high note. Um, is when this comes out, which is on Monday, October 17th. That is my mom's birthday. So happy oh, birthday to my happy mom. Happy birthday, mom. Yeah. And I wanted to add on top of that, and I, this wasn't inspired by what Goldie had just said, but I want the listeners to know just how amazing that these two gentlemen are. And they, um, behind the scenes, are just very kind and supportive people. And I really love you guys. And thank Aww, you so much. We love it's you. So. Reciprocated <laughs> right in, back in at In front you. of the scenes, assholes. <laughs> behind the yep. scenes, actually okay. <laughs> That's a very good takeaway. 
Well, I mean, as I do every week, thank you two for being awesome. Thank, thank everyone you. for listening out there, and we will talk to you again next week. Oh, next Demi- week. That was fun. And it stops right now. I have something to tell you guys that I didn't want to say on air.